American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host Q Floyd. What's going on? We here. And we have a great show lined up for you today. But before we get into any football, as we do, how was your weekend, Q? Hey, it was my birthday weekend. And uh Congrats. I'll just say this. It was a <laughs> lot of celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Well, turn 36, I feel good, I feel great, I feel like I can suit up still, so hey, it was a good birthday. That's good for you, man, that's good for you. Uh, for for me, the weekend was, you know, mostly just chilling, but I just want to give a shout out to, you know, Finland's women's national team for winning the European Championships out there in Leeds and in the United Kingdom. They beat Great Britain, they beat Sweden, and they beat Austria went undefeated and they got the gold that's the second time in the in the last four years I think they won. So congratulations to Finland's women. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely congrats to them. I, I seen a, a few highlights from that too. It was they, they they played great though. So congratulations to the women's um national team over there doing their thing. Uh also shout out to the Kutka Eagles for winning the uh, first division. I guess that means they're gonna be in the Maple League. I don't know how that's gonna work out for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but congratulations! They won. They won the first division. They beat. They, won. they beat Porter yeah. pretty well. So that's good for them. Nessie, Nessie the legend. <laughs> yeah. Game balls. All right, let's get let's get into the game balls now. Um, who impressed you from this weekend, Q? Uh, none other than the best running back in the Maple League, uh, hands down, right now, Christian Powell. Uh, had a very exciting game, over 30 carries, over 200 yards rushing, critical points in that game where he scored. And you can see he was just running with a different passion. Uh, he always runs hard, but this game, obviously, he had something to prove. It's a rivalry game for them. Um, he showed out. He showed up and showed out, man. So, Christian Powell, my game ball goes to you, sir. Definitely he did. He had 344 all-purpose yards. He also had 100 yards receiving. I didn't know that. 105 in a tub receiving as well. <laughs> he killed it. Uh, for me, I'm going to go off the beaten path. I'm going to go with the Butcher's German wide receiver. And please, I'm I'm going to try to say this right. Tobias Hendrick, I think is how you say his name. Um, number, number 88, if I'm not mistaken, from the Butcher's. He's been playing really good all year. He's had some up and down games. You know, Hans Fortune has been spreading the ball out. But this game, he really like stood out and he took control of the receiving the receiving core. I think he had seven catches, 140 yards, two tubs. That's two touchdowns, and they both were big touchdowns in this game. Obviously, in the first half when they were making their lead the way they could. But he played really good, showed good hands, and just this week, Tobias, you get my game ball, man. The Helsinki Roosters are just better than everyone else, man. Uh, they dominated the Wolverines this week. Just went out there. They it was a little bit slower than last time. Instead of putting up forty two in the first half, they spread over two halves. But it never looked like they weren't in control. And it's just another game that they've done this. 
ever since that first loss that they've had, they've only gotten better as the season goes. They just look a lot better. They look more polished on both sides of the ball than everyone else. What do you think? Um, no, I agree with you. Um, obviously, the Roosters, man, at this point in the season, you know, they're super focused on, on the on the end goal. And uh, those guys know that they have to they have to play. They have to execute. They have to play together. A lot of the guys that were injured are back now. So it's, if, it feels different when you have all your, your guys there, you know, your normal guys. Yeah. And, and the Roosters, uh, the confidence right now is super high. Um, it goes all the way from the coaches to the players, man. They got 16 to 17 year old kids out there, um, who actually aren't afraid to come up and hit veteran, you know, football players. And like, when you got guys with that type of confidence, man, it's going to be hard to beat guys. Cause they, they just on another level, they, they confident, they coming downhill to trying to smack some, um, offensively, uh, all over the field, they can, they can hit you big. So right now the Roosters are focused, man. And, it doesn't look like anybody is, is, is going to be able to beat them. Like, they're just better. Like you say, they're they're better than everybody else right now. Um, they still have some games to go. Um, obviously, anything can happen in the next few games. But right now, they do look better than everybody else. What I was going to say about the Roosters, last thing before we switch to is pretty much on offense, they're clicking. But in the Maple League this year, everybody's clicking. Like I said, I can't even say 50 burgers no more because everybody's putting up 50. Pretty much. I mean, even the Roosters, a couple times they don't put up 50. You're like, what? But that's, like you said, that's because they're working on end game. But defensively, what really sets them apart and above everyone else is they're not giving up those 50 points every game. They're, I mean, they're, they have the outliers. They, they can't be scored on, but their defense is playing at a very high level all year. And that's, just, that's really the difference. Everybody in the Maple League has offense. You look at the stats. Every team has a, a offensive guy at the top of the stats. But on defense, there's only one team that's consistently holding teams to low points and winning games because they have the lead, and that's the Roosters. And that's what they've really done this season that I really like. And they just it just looked really dominant when they went against the Wolverines this weekend. It it didn't even look like the Wolverines had a chance. Never really did. And that's just how good they played. Christian Powell ran all over the Royals. And it's just crazy because they scored so many points, but this dude ran the ball 35 times for over 200 yards in a game where – what was the score of that game? I can't even remember. It they, was – 63 to 54. They scored yeah, 60 points. How, how do you even have enough time to rush the ball 35 times and still score 60 points? And they threw it 20 times. That's only like fifty plays, mm. and and he did and he wasn't doing small work. I'm looking at the numbers now. You know, I like looking at the stats. He averaged six yards a carry. Had three tubs rushing, and it. And when you're watching the game, they just kept feeding this man, and he just kept running, and he never goes down by the first guy. It takes three or four players to tackle him, and as the game goes, just like an NFL running back, he gets stronger. As the game mm-hmm. goes, he gets stronger. And you're just thinking, like, they're just wearing that defense down. And then, obviously, their defense gives up the points. But it at no point did you ever think, oh, well, they're not going to be able to give it to Christian Powell and either milk it or just prolong it long enough to, to win. That's what they did. They had a good enough running back that they had a couple of great pass plays in this game. But ultimately, the whole offense was centered around Christian Powell. I think that's when the Crocodiles play their best is when they center the offense around him. 
think when they have too much passing or don't give him the ball enough early, I think that's when they have trouble. But when he's going and he can do well, things like this happen. You get to run all over those guys. Yeah. Um, just to, to piggyback off what you said, he was just stronger, faster. Um, obviously, Coach Maddenly, you know, knows that if you want to, if he wanted to get this win for sure, you got to rely on that guy. And I think that's what he chose to do. I don't think they probably fathom putting up that many points um, with that type of game plan, but it just seemed to happen. Uh, it, it seems like he just found his way to the end zone, and uh, that opened up the passing game for them too, um, which is now it's hard for a defense to even adjust to. And I think the Royals had a problem um, adjusting to that. So, you know, that's a bad man right there, man. Yeah, I think what he did really well with him being able to run so well, like you said, is – that means you have to play man defense against those receivers. And, I mean, between the, what, you got Spency, Stefani Fortes, Patrick Wilson, them dudes are fast. And they can run routes. And Amir Kalani was even playing a little bit of receiver. I don't know if it was this game, but I know they have him in packages. So, I mean, the Royals secondary honestly can't match up with that. They got two good defensive backs, and that's it. Their safeties can't really run with anybody. So there was, they had no chance, not to mention they still, with seven or eight in the box, they still can't tackle Christian Powell. Like, that's how dominant he is. So definitely, if the Crocodiles, and I've gone on record and said, you know, I don't believe the Crocodiles have that it factor, but this is kind of what their it would be. If the Crocodiles can consistently feed Christian Powell, I think they can beat anybody in the Maple League. I I honestly do. But I think that's something that they have to do more consistently against some of the top teams in the league over just, you know, beating the lower teams with the run game. (laughs) I feel like we're going to talk about this every week. And I don't mind if we do because we got to talk about what's happening. Can anyone, can anyone stop Alpha Jallo? Like, I mean, oh. You you go first. Nope. You go first. I, I'll say this: if this man if if this man was here at the beginning of the season for the Royals, I don't know what his stats would look like right now because it's ridiculous. Now, in so, such a short time for him to do the damage he's done to the league, it'd have been crazy to see him start this season off uh, with the Royals. But Alvin July is just on another level of running, uh, big plays. This is exactly what Shepo paid for, though. When he when he tried to get him um, before, this is what he paid for. This is exactly what he needed him to do: come in and make things happen every single game. And that's exactly what this guy's been doing. Alpha is on another level, man. You talking about fast? I've seen speed, but I've never, I haven't said I've never seen speed like this before because I have. But he recently he is he is the 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 X factor in these games. Sorry that the defense isn't helping that much, but he's a, he's a threat. So anytime he touches the ball, he's he's probably going to score. And, and I, I mean, the last probably 15 times he's touched the ball, I don't know the exact stats, but I'm pretty sure five or six of them are touchdowns. So that's a good uh, ratio right there for any player, but definitely for him. So I mean, I don't think anybody can stop him at all. In this game, he had four catches, two touchdowns. That just puts that number out there for you. Yeah, four catches, two of them was touchdowns. When he t- offensively. He doesn't catch that many passes. He's catching like four or five passes a game. That's it. Actually, he's averaging four passes a game. He's played four four games. I think he's caught 16 passes. 
but he's scored six times. Mm. So when he does catch it, he's scoring. He's getting a shit ton of yards. And we'll actually talk about his stats later on in the show, and you'll understand why. Like Just like you said, if he was here for the whole season, it'd be kind of crazy. Uh, one thing that I think that he's really doing that is really impressing me is, like you said, he has the speed. We know he has the speed. Everybody knows he has speed. But what he's doing that most players can't do is he's able to – stay at a high speed for longer you know like um just like talking like the difference between like a football player and a track runner a track runner can build up his speed after up to like 30 40 yards and then maintain it all the way through 100 yards most football players the reason they run the 40 yard dash is because after 40 yards you rarely can can't done deal yeah you rarely (laughs) have enough places to go or enough yardage to go that you need to be at top speed. So And you're not going in straight lines. But this guy, he runs around 15, 20 yards, juking, making people miss. And usually by that time, an, a good a good fast and even an explosive football player, at that point, they're wore out from all the energy they expanded. And then they have to, you know, struggle through finishing. This dude, after he's ran from one sideline to the other sideline and made three people miss, it's like he just got the ball and then he sprints. And that's what sets him apart is the fact that he's in such good shape that he can do that. You watch him. He'll take a kickoff to the crib or close to the crib. Two or three plays later, he's catching a 60, 70-yard pass. Nobody does that. Like, it's just no- nobody. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can't think of anyone. I'm thinking, like, college, high school. It doesn't happen. Like in high level competition, and that's what the Maple League is. It's high level competition. There's a lot of imports and Americans out there that can ball and can run, and he's he's playing both ways and doing ridiculous things to people on the field. He's juking guys that are only playing one side of the field. All they have to do is stop him. He's juking them, outrunning them, and then going down and guarding somebody on defense. He played cornerback in this game, which is much different than playing safety, as you know. It takes a little bit more running to play cornerback. He played cornerback in this game as well as receiver. So um, just hats off to Alpha, and it's incredible to watch him play, and I'm glad we get to see it. I'm glad to, we get to actually get to see this type of player in the league this year. This is a perfect year for it. It's too bad I don't think they're in the playoffs anymore, but at least we got two more weeks, and maybe he'll just, just run up the stats. He'll just show out. Yeah, yeah just, he's just going to show out these yeah. next two weeks for sure. Yeah, just show out. The Butchers are still in the playoff hunt after beating the Saints. I mean, uh, the Royals technically can't make the playoffs right now because the Crocodiles won, but the Butchers can. And it was good to see them, like, get the win. A lot of these teams in situations where they needed to win, and I'm specifically talking about the Royals when they played the Saints and they lost 6-0 to a few weeks ago, now they're out. Well, the Butchers said, hey, we're not going to just squander an opportunity and now the Butchers, the playoff pitcher is kind of in their hands, but at least they, they're they still in it with two weeks left to go. They dominated the Saints from the beginning to the first half, and then the second half it was just a wash. But they played really well. And like I said earlier, Tobias was doing really good in the receiving game. Dayton Wynn had a not a great game like he normally has, but he produced as he needed to. And the, overall they actually had a – a solid team performance against the Saints. And I, I like to see that as they try to 
make a push for the playoffs is that they're figuring out how to complement the offense and the defense together. Um, I think right now, uh, with these games coming up, the butchers, the butchers are gonna have to count on the crops right now. I think it it, it just it's so much could happen in this last week or two because the Wolverines, are, I feel like they don't want to probably go into the playoffs with a loss. You know, not playing their guys. I don't think they have the depth to not play Robert. Um, I mean, Jabari could possibly play this game. Yeah. Uh, but but I think they have so much stuff still to kind of get comfortable doing, even though it's late in the season. I think they still want to like go into it with a little momentum. Now, whether their guys play the whole game, that's one thing. But I know they want to fight for that second spot. Obviously, you want that home field advantage. Um, but the Butchers, the last time they played the Steelers, they beat them. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so right now, the Butchers are feeling good too. Like you know, like we we. We got a big game ahead of us. Like it's a very important weekend this week um, for the Maple League. Very important one, and uh, I think the Butchers, you know, they they hold the fate right now. You know what I'm saying? If they just don't lose, um, they can they can you know they got a shot. They can make something happen. So, yeah. uh, which is crazy. I won't say which is crazy, but you know the Crocs have been up and down. The Butchers. I don't think they've been up and down. They've just had some some inconsistent play on defense, um, a few games, and and it hurt them. Um, but their offense has looked explosive, so uh, they got a chance, man. It's crazy that 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 we at this point in the season and we still don't know exactly, um, besides the number one and besides the number one team where everybody else is gonna fall besides yeah. the Royals right now, but in the Saints, but it still hands up for these last these next two games. So it's a, it's an important week for the Butchers. Let's just get into the playoff picture. Let's just go one through whatever and look at it. First place, Roosters. They're 9-1. and one. They're playing the Royals this weekend. If they win it, guaranteed number one seed. If they mm-hmm. if they lose it, they got to win the last game. That's, that's easy for them. Win and you get the number one seed. Alpha Jallo could make a difference in how they go about it. Uh, I, I think for them, I mean, if it was me, Obviously, I just try to get the win now. That way, I can kind of rest some of my players for the last week and go into the playoffs strong. But at the same time, it might not be the case. Maybe they have injuries now and they want to rest now. I don't know. Uh, if I, if I'm looking at the Royals and the Steelers, I prefer Ooh. I prefer Ooh. to play the Steelers because the Steelers have something to lose. <laughs> the Royals have nothing to lose. They can't make playoffs but they can spoil everyone that they play. So you go into the Royals, they might put it all in line for you. They got what what else they got to lose? Nothing. You play against the Steelers, Nothing. the Steelers are fighting for a positioning. They can't have players getting hurt going to playoffs like there's a little bit of reluctance from them. But this Royals team, they might throw the whole kitchen sink at them this weekend. Who knows? Me personally, the have to go, I don't I don't want to go that. there, right? I think so I'm not sure. Uh, I think I, I'm not sure where it is. Honestly, I'm not. I can't remember where they played the first time. To, but. Let me try to look at this. Yep, Roosters have to go to the Royals. It says Ro- yeah. Roosters at Royals. So yeah, that I don't. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to play the Royals right now. But that's just me. I, I'm a fan of the mm-hmm. whole Alpha Jallo can do anything he wants in this league. So that's just me. Obviously, the Roosters also they're a team that that has like an imaginary chip on their shoulder, you know? They they want to prove to everybody that they still are the Roosters. 
I mean, if Alpha Jallo is that good, they probably go up there and be like, hey, let's shut them down. Just so people know, we're the Roosters. I don't know. I really don't know. But the, at the end of the day, for the playoff picture, if they if the Roosters win this weekend, get a number one seed. Easy peasy. So with the two seed, the Steelers are seven and three. And at the three seed, the Wolverines are seven and four. Uh, Steelers, they own the tiebreaker because they beat the Wolverines by a lot more than the Wolverines beat them. So for these two teams, it goes down to who wins out or who wins by the most, something like that. But pretty much for the Steelers, they win this week. I think they pretty much are locking in the two seed, right? I'm not sure. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. yeah, I think I think they lock it in. Yeah, because they if win they, this. Yeah, if they win this yeah. week, they be eight and three. If the Wolverines win, they be eight and four. They still would have to win. I mean, they still need to. They need to if the Wolverines. Yeah. Still got to win out, though. Yeah. The Wolverines only have one more game. So, yeah, they just got to win this game. If they win this game, they're 8 and 4. They're 8 and 3. And the Wolverines, if they win, they're 8 and 4. And then even if they lose and go to 8 and 4, they have a tiebreaker over the Wolverines. So, the Steelers just got to win this game. Yeah. I know I was looking at that funny because the Wolverines only have one more game. So, the Wolverines need to win their game against the Crocs and have the Steelers lose against the Butchers. Which has happened, so yeah. it's not yeah. out of, it's not out of possibility for the Wolverines to get the three seed. But if they if the Steelers win, then we're looking at a playoff game in Quopio. I will not be at that. That's not going to happen, guys. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not going all the way to Quopio. Route two, it is. All right. So the the big the big confusion part is going to be for the number four seed. Where the crocodiles are five and five at the four seed right now, and the butchers are four and six at the five seed. So the crocodiles, they own the tiebreaker. They beat the Royals and the Butchers twice. So all they have to do is have the Butchers lose. If the if the Butchers lose any of the next two games, they're in. Mm-hmm. But if they also win the next two games, or if they win against the Wolverines or win against the Saints. So all they gotta do is win one game. They win one game and they're they're in. So for the next two weeks, all they have to do is win one game while the Butchers have to win two games and have the Crocodiles lose two games. Mm-hmm. All they gotta do is win one game. If the Crocodiles beat the Wolverines this weekend, playoffs are set. If they lose this weekend. And the butchers upset the Steelers. We got all hell breaking loose because both the Wolverines will go up and the butchers will go up, and it'll be mayhem. But pretty much for the Crocodiles, they clinch if the butchers lose, and the butchers they got to win both these next two weeks and have the Crocodiles lose the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I need to, I need the Croc. I want to I want to believe in the Crocodiles so bad. I really do. And, and every time that I pick them. To, to to for that game to make it happen, they let me down almost. So I I I just like please Crocs hold on. I'm, I feel bad. I'm not saying I'm not going for the butchers, but I'm 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 cheering for the Crocs to make the playoffs. I really I, am. I think it's I think for this situation, it's mostly on the butchers. Anyways, the butchers yeah. have to win. The Crocs don't have to win. The the Crocs can lose the next two games and have the butchers just lose one. Like if the yeah. if the butchers lose to the Steelers, they're done. That's it. You're not getting in with seven losses because the Crocs own own the tiebreaker. So yeah. for the for the Crocs, okay, maybe they lose this week. 
and the Butchers win. Oh, well. Now they, they have the Saints. They got another chance. The Butchers, on the other hand, if they win and the Crocs win, they're done. Because that means the best they can do is six and six. I mean, if they lose and the Crocs win. And mm-hmm. they can't they can't go six and six with the Crocs because the Crocs got a tiebreaker. So, uh, all pressure's on the Butchers. And they got to upset the Steelers who are trying to get a game in Corpio where they feel very comfortable. And that's where they... That's usually where they kick people ass is in Quopio. So, yeah. so yeah. yeah, so it's it's gonna be tough. I don't know. Is that game in Quopio Butchers? Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. To. Is they, it? They played in Quopio last time. Yeah, it's in in Quopio. So that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. I, I I think I think the crocodiles might be okay with in the playoff picture now. Now that I'm looking at that, <laughs> get it off your chest. All right, it's that time. We're going to say what's on our minds. Let's get it off our chest. Q, what you got? Man, I need I need, I need, need to get this off my chest. First of all, this, this has nothing to do with the Maple League, but I'm going to need Antonio Brown to chill out a little bit. I still feel like he's part of the Steelers because he's still acting the same way he was acting there. And uh, if you're going to play, sir, just go ahead and play. Don't 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 do all this stuff before the season just to get the hype train going. What did he do? I I don't I can't I don't have time. He he's he's complaining because apparently the helmet that he's been used to wearing for all these years they they banned it. Now. Ah, he's and, he wears one of the old ones, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he's saying like he didn't he wasn't gonna play unless they unless they accepted his approved his helmet. So now they like they got all these people that made that makes helmets and trying to get them to find one that he likes. And he's, like, not barely going to practice, barely showing up. And oh, for a helmet? Just why, can't they just for get, helmet. why can't they just get one of the new ones and make it look like the old ones? Don't they do that stuff? I'm pretty sure. He, he had one on the other day for the preseason game, beginning of the preseason game. I'm not sure if that's the one he's going to use. But it's just been a lot of back and forth. You know it's bad when, like, the general managers and, and, and everybody's like, all right, you either in or you out type of thing. Yeah. So – I just need him to get right. That's, I ain't going to go on that too long. I just need him to get right, though. All right. Only, only thing I want to get off my chest is I'm just – I'm really just really tired of the lack of defensive coaching going on in the Maple League. And it, it's just it's, – it's getting to me. It's getting to me to a point that – I mean, I like that everybody's scoring points. Okay, I can't use a 50-burger no more because all the offenses are so good. I'm cool with that. But when I'm sitting here and watching these games and I'm watching these teams, one, change all the personnel on defense, two, not make any adjustments to an offense that's kicking their ass during the game, just say, oh, well, well our offense is going to score two. And then, and then thirdly, after the games are over, even if you win and you give up like 50 points, the team feels good. I, I I'm watching, you know, I'm on the on the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter and people out there celebrating and stuff. And I'm like, hold up. Y'all won, but y'all gave up 50. And you play defense, bruh. So what's going on? They, you gave up three of the touchdowns. Like, I ain't calling no names out. You know, it is what it is. But the fact that this is okay, re, it, it reflects on the coaching. And... I know I'm a I'm a fan of the players. I'm a I'm a players type of guy, but I respect coaching more than anything. And I feel like there's not any coaching going on out here. Up oh, and let me asterisk that. Uh Calais Carpenter and the Helsinki Roosters are doing a hell of a good job. 
And also, I do like what the Butchers are doing on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like they have their talent is their biggest issue, but the actual coaching and players are getting better. I'm not seeing that for most of these defenses. I don't see defenses getting better throughout the season, but the offenses are. What I see on the defensive side is I see new faces. I see people trying to put different people in different positions and hope it works. I, I'm looking at the the Crocodiles defense and seeing an offensive lineman now playing defense alignment. What the hell does that do for your defense to change somebody's position in the middle of the season? Because he sucked on offense and now you put him on defense. How does that make your defense develop throughout the season? It doesn't. And that's what I'm seeing from a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams are putting players in positions they're not naturally comfortable at. I got a cornerback. Let me put them at linebacker. Let me put them at safety. I got a safety. Let me put them at corner. Matter of fact, I got a corner. Let me put them at receiver. It's a lack of coaching. It's, it's, not the, it's not the machine. It's the operator. If your defense can't stop anybody and your solution is to get new players, what are you saying? You can't coach. And that's what I'm seeing from a lot of these defensive coordinators or defensive coaches or whoever the hell's running the defense for a lot of these teams. And it's, it's upsetting me. So I got it off my chest. I ain't going to bring it back up no more. But you can tell when I'm talking about this that it's really got me over here. I'm heated. I'm hey, heated. Hey, I, I understand completely. I, I, I remember coaching in 2017. And I remember our first two games. We won, but we gave up 30 points in international games. Mm-hmm. I was furious. I was furious, though. I did not like it. I, it doesn't feel like, yes, it's a win on the scoreboard. Yes, the guys should be happy, but when you're giving up 30 points a game, there is nothing exciting. There's nothing that's like, oh, okay, well, at least we won. Nothing, no good feeling about that. And that's because I'm, I, I love defense. Um, there's, there's nothing like playing defense, but like the Maple League is ridiculous right now. Yeah. Like this is, even the schemes, the schemes are ridiculous. Um, it, I don't think that guys are like being, being held accountable as far as wa- watching film. And uh, maybe they are watching film, but maybe they don't know how to watch film. And I think that's that's a that's the thing too. It's because some of this stuff is just easy, simple football to some of us that's watching. We may know like why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Um, and this is not like no Monday Monday night quarterback stuff. This yeah. is like simple stuff. Like if it's if it's three receivers on one side and it's one receiver on the other side, and your best corner is on the single receiver side, that means he doesn't need safety help. Yeah, that's he doesn't football. need a safety on his side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so th- I see this week after week, and I'm just like, what is, what is going on? There's no communicating at all on any of these defenses. It's set up the Roosters probably. Um, they're the only ones that look like they're making plays and reacting yeah. and they communicate with each other. Everybody else is just out here hoping that somebody's going to make a play. And you can't win championships like that. You can't win games like that and and – at least not the big games you can't because you're going you're gonna to get blown out. So, yeah, but just to piggyback off what you said. Let me, I, I, let me I, throw I, one more I, thing on here. I thought I was done. I, I'm not done. Let me throw one more <laughs> thing on here. Uh, one more thing is because I've been telling people this throughout the season that i just not seeing the coaching on the defensive side. Also, I don't want to hear the excuses of, well, you know, players are missing tackles because I've seen that too. And, yeah, a player got to learn how to tackle, but that's a, another direct reflection of coaching. If you don't tackle in practice, if you only do thud, if someone touches somebody and then the play's over in practice, in the game, you touch somebody like Christian Powell. You touch somebody like Alpha Jallo. What's going to happen? See ya. See ya. 
try to try to tackle Adam Connett in practice. The motherfucker spins like he's on a damn um spinning top or something. Sorry for cursing that that type of way, but <laughs> this is that's practice. That's all that is practice. I don't want to hear oh well the player was there. That's all I have to do as a coach. No, you have to get that player prepared. If I'm in practice and I don't see anything that's like the game, you practice like you play. If you out there missing tackles in the game, you're probably not tackling anybody in practice. And that is coaching. That's not player's problem. A player can only play as good as he can play. If he's not playing in practice, he ain't going to play in the game. All right, I'm done. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm trying not to go too much, man. Look, I'm hot. No, don't, don't do him like that. Don't I'm, do him like that. I'm fanning myself. I, I can do this all day. Okay, we're going to move on, guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, sorry about my get it off the chest. It, it got personal to me. It, it got into my football mind. But uh, let's talk MVP candidates, man. We're two weeks out of out of the end of the season. In my opinion, you need to have your MVP by the end of the regular season. I don't like doing it after the entire season because playoffs can play a role for – that's more team-specific and matchups. Someone can have a great playoff run but not been that great during the season. You know, um, you got players just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, naming the Super Bowl MVPs, a lot of time it's some guy that just showed up in that one game. And yeah. in my opinion, your MVP can't come from – after the regular season's over, we start from scratch. I need, I mean, playoff MVP maybe. But for the MVPs, um, let's just go over the, the guys we got right now. Uh, first guy I want to talk about, Dayton Wynn. I'll let you brag about him because you've been doing it all year, man. Uh, here we go. If you want to win, put Dayton Win in. There you uh, go. His, his stats right now: thousand over a thousand rushing yards. He's number four. Uh, Twelve rushing TDs. Seven hundred and fifty-five receiving yards. Ten receiving touchdowns. Two kickoff returns for touchdowns, and almost twenty-five hundred all-purpose yards. Number one in the league, um, and twenty-four total touchdowns. So obviously he's obviously my number one candidate, and, and another reason why I believe he's the number one candidate for MVP, because I'm looking at if you put Dayton Wynn on any other team, he is going to do the exact same thing he's doing now. It doesn't matter what team I think he played for. I think he's just that type of player. It doesn't matter if you put him on a real good team. He probably will still be scoring three or four touchdowns a game. I think he's just that guy this year. Um for his team. I mean, if the Butchers didn't have him, we would not be talking about them being in the playoffs or being close to the playoffs right now. So I think he is the most valuable player right now uh, ahead of everybody else. He He's like a Swiss Army knife because, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about other players later, but his versatility as both a running back and a receiver, you just don't really see it. I mean, he receives out of the backfield. He can line up at the slot. He can line up at the wide out. And he also can run the damn ball in between the tackles, excuse me, or on the outside. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm burping here. But he he can do it all. And like you said, on any team, he'd be able to do it. Like, you can tell when a guy is, you know, using the team around him to make himself better. Dayton Wynn makes the butchers who they are on the offensive front. And he even pitches in on defense to show his versatility and conditioning that he has. He's definitely one of my favorites for the MVP this year. 
So the second guy we'll we'll talk about, and these the the names and the order we're saying, this is not any specific order at this point. These are just the guys that we think are in on in the running. All right. So no one get all butt hurt about the order. Second guy, and I'm gonna talk about this guy, is young Miro Cadmary, which I'm not even sure if he's still young anymore. Young to me. Miro's not young. Miro's playing when I was playing. <laughs> just because he's been playing for a while don't mean he's not young. I mean, out here, these kids start playing in Maple League at 15 years old. But That's true. He, yeah, he's young to me. But uh, Miro, um, throwing for 2,900 yards, number two in the league, only behind Rojo. Uh, but he doesn't have to throw for that many yards, unlike some people. Has 47, 47 pass touchdowns. He's only played 10 games, right? Yeah, 10 games. 47 pass touchdowns, number one in the league. And the closest person behind him only has 36 touchdowns. So he could probably not play the last two weeks, and he's still going to end up with the most touchdowns this year. And a a couple more stats on him that go a little bit into more of why he's a front runner, in my opinion, because I feel like a lot of people say, well, you know, he plays on the Roosters. He has all these weapons. Blase, blase. Somebody got to get the people the ball. Somebody got to put the ball there, and he the one doing it. He has 60.2% completion percentage. He's number four in the league, but he's completing 60% of his passes, and he's throwing for almost 300 a game. Usually, if a guy is getting 300 to 300-plus yards a game, it's taking a lot of attempts. He's number one in pass efficiency in the league. So when he's throwing the ball, he's throwing it to the right person in the right spot and making the completions that he needs to get his team to get the win and get the yards. And the team's averaging almost 50 points a game. Miro Cadmary is the leader of the best team in Finland that also is the best team in the Nordic area of Europe and could be one of the best teams in Europe at this point. So that says a lot to me about the type of player he is. And obviously we've said it before, he leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to his his physical attributes. If you saw him, you wouldn't think he was a quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But what he has is that it factor that a lot of people just can't – you're either born with it or you're not born with it. And Miro Cadmore was born with it. He is that guy. He is that dude. When you need a play, he's going to be able to help your team make that play, whether it's through him running the ball, whether it's through him picking the right play, adjusting to the defense – or even just getting the ball to the right person, Miro Cadmary is your guy. And that's my sell on Miro Cadmary oh, MVP. Let, let, <laughs> let, me, let, me talk about, let me talk about Miro. Let me talk about Miro. Uh, I'll just go in a little deeper. Uh, when I first came to Finland, uh, me and Miro, obviously our teams were like rivals at a point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played against Miro. Miro has the heart of, I mean, the, the type of guy he is, you you hope that all your players are always in a good mood. He always come to work, and he always goes hard. I've seen Miro have ups and downs at being a quarterback um, in the Maple League. People question him. I've questioned him at times uh, watching him play, wondering if he could really put it together and win the Maple League, you know, the championship. I've seen him battle uh, with other guys from, from, from all over other countries, and Miro is one of those people who – you just you would you would go at war you would go to war with him at any time. I also coached him, and when we won our championship in 2017, Miro was the first person to douse me with water. He was the first person to say congratulations. He's just a, a top notch guy, and uh, just to 
see him having the season that he's having this year, man. I'm just super proud of him. I'm super happy for him because I know a lot of people counted him out. Uh, coming behind Brandon, and uh, you know, for two years, and people wondering if it was the right move. Uh, Miko went with with Miro. Um, he he's learned a lot, obviously from from uh, Miko. He learned a lot from Brandon these last two years, and it's showing now. Yes, he is on a, a stack team. I will say that. Yes, he is on a stack team, but like you said, somebody still has to throw the ball. Somebody still has to manage the game, and Miro has is, is, is been around long enough to be able to do that. And I'm definitely I can he can he can probably say this is his best year. I know I, since I've been watching him play, this is the best year I've seen Miro have. And I this mean, is the he, most confident. He's breaking stats every fucking week. Yeah. Damn it. I keep, I'm this trying is not the most to curse confident much, I've seen Sorry. Miro play, too. <laughs> like, his his arm, the, the passes he's making, it's a lot more confident. Sometimes he has those, you know, normal, normal quarterback stuff where you're like, Miro, what was you looking at? <laughs> what were you thinking? But for the most part, he managed the game well. He's confident in his receivers, and he's putting the ball there, man. So, definitely, uh, he, he deserves definitely to be in a talk for MVP. Definitely. Uh, next guy we're going to talk about, uh, we got Christian Powell on the list. I'm going to let you talk about him, Q. Uh, obviously, very important player for uh, the Crocodiles. He's been putting up numbers pretty much. Kind of a slow start at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But towards the middle of the season, to the end, he's been doing everything that his team that his team needs. Like, when you got a guy like that on your team who is physically stronger than everybody else, can run hard, doesn't get tired, you always got a chance to win games. And the Crocs have just been fighting, fighting, fighting all year. And he's been a big reason um, for a lot of those guys that aren't American, the confidence they have, I'm pretty sure they got it from him. And it's because he never gives up. He's always fighting. I've never seen him uh, be mad. I've never seen him, you know, blaming anybody on the field. From what everything that I know of him, he's just a hard-nosed player, a hard-nosed running back. And he's definitely an MVP on that team. And he's definitely one of the top players in the Maple League. And he shows it every week. And, hey, it's, it's a close call for for, for running backs. Yeah, There's a lot of good running backs in this league. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of good running backs right now. And that dude, man, you know, he, he stands out, though. What, what I like about Christian Powell more than anything is, if you know anything about me, I'm traditionally a running back. So anybody I've ever seen a running back, I kind of compare it to what I think a running back should be. And and honestly, like he is exactly what I would want a running back to be. He he's he's big, but he's not too big. He's still very athletic and what he has that I think people just do not understand about this guy is yeah, he's strong, he breaks tackles, but Watch how he runs. After he breaks tackles, he's not a linear guy. He still has flexibility, versatility, and mobility in, in his movement. He can go lateral. He can go over you. He can go through you. He can go any which way because, and this is something I like to talk about, he got swivel hips. He got swivel hips. Look at his, his well, don't do not do it in a homosexual way <laughs> if, I mean, if that's your preference, whatever. But look at this man's hips. Look at his groin area. He is flexible. He can move his legs anywhere they want to without hurting himself or without losing speed. And that's what helps him, one, he breaks tackles not by just running over people. When there's contact made, he changes direction. It's hard to tackle a moving target. 
If you run straight at me and run me over and I wrap my arms around you, I'm going to tackle you. But if you run straight at me and I wrap my arms around you and you go left or right, I'm going to slide down. and It's going to be harder for me to get a grip. He does this at a very high level all the time. And that's what really sets him apart, in my opinion. He's leading the league in rushing this year. I think he's going to finish as the top rusher because he's one of the few running backs who pretty much rushes the ball more than catching it besides everyone else that's splitting time with it. And he still has like 500 <laughs> yards receiving. So he's he's going to have over 2,000 all-purpose yards. But what I really like about him is he's a complete running back. And I say it all the time. He reminds me of what a running back what you would want in the NFL. The only difference between him and maybe an NFL running back is he's a little bit smaller. He's a little bit smaller than than I, than an NFL running back would be. But in my opinion, for playing in Europe, he's easily one of the best I've ever seen in the position. And I will tell you this, I don't give that out too easily. I personally don't <laughs> like a lot of running backs in Europe and how they play. And if I say you're a good running back, I'd be damned because I mean it. And I feel like I, I got to eat my words because in this league this year, I've seen at least four running backs. I was like, ooh, I might have to get in my stamp too. Shit, I don't know. It's tough out here. But Christian <laughs> Powell is, in my opinion, the best type of running back you can have in, in playing European football. I'm going to let that go. We're going to move on to the next guy. We're running long on this, but that's all right. All right. All right. Next guy we got on the list. All right. He hasn't played as many games as everybody else, but Alpha Jallo. Okay, now I just I'm gonna run the numbers. I'm gonna let you talk about them, but I'm gonna run the numbers on them. Okay, um, okay. So Alpha Jallo, he has 509 yards receiving. If he were in the statistics for everybody who's already played 10 games, he'd be number nine in receiving right now, and he's only played four games. For his average at 127.2 a game, he'd be number one. Right now, like it doesn't even matter that he only played this many games. And if you multiply that by him actually playing as many games as everybody else, he'd be number one. And what really sets him apart is his yards per reception is 31.8. That's 30 yards a catch. When he catches the ball, it's damn near a touchdown every time. He has six touchdowns on 16 catches. Four games, 16 touchdowns, over 500 yards. Like his numbers are ridiculous. And then he also has an interception for a touchdown. He's tied in the league with that because not everybody has an interception for a touchdown. He has two kickoff return touchdowns, which ties Dayton Wynn, who also has two touchdown kickoff return touchdowns. And for kickoff return average, everyone in the league that has multiple returns is averaging like 25, maybe even 30 yards of return. He's averaging 41.8 yards per kickoff return on 10 so returns. Half the field. Yeah, on 10 returns in in four games. That's what almost – there's like two, three returns a game, and he's getting 40 yards every time. So every time he gets the ball, he's flipping the field. Every time. Right now, in just four games – damn it, come on, Ella Rose. It's all right. In, in just four games, Alpha Jallo has 1,000 all-purpose yards. That puts him at number eight in the league, and he's only <laughs> done four games. He's averaging 250 yards a game, which would make him the the highest in the league. By the end of the season, he will be number one at yards per game. Maybe not all-purpose because some of these guys already have close to 2,000 yards that we all already talked about, but Alva Jallo statistically in four games has done better than most 
other people in the league have done in 10 to 11. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say about him. I'm going to let you talk about how good he is. Man, look, you you pretty much said everything, but I, but to say, <laughs> just, just to add on to it, like I said in, in early in the, in, the, in, the, in the episode, I said if he was here from the beginning of the year, it, his stats would be crazy right now. He would be leading the front leader for MVP hands down if he's if he continued to play like he's playing right now. And the Royals be in the playoffs. I, I'm saying oh, yeah. that right yeah. now. They be in the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs. This dude is 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 obviously the most dynamic player. Uh, next, I, I I love Dayton Win, uh, but if I had to choose, I'm going Alpha. What? I'm going. He Alpha. got you off the Dayton Win train. He got me. Hey, man, that's dude tough. Got me off the Dayton. If, the only reason, and that's hard though. Yeah, that's hard. hard. Getting off the Dayton Win, it's hard. But the reason I'm saying it is because I feel like Alpha. Can make a he can make a difference on both sides of the ball if, mm-hmm. if he really wanted to. Like I can literally put him on defense. He can cover. He can cover some people. He can might get a pick. He took a pick to the crib. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He got a forced fumble too for them. So uh, that's the only reason why I say I would go to him because he can help me on defense. Obviously, I'm biased in defense, but he's a uh, this dude is baller, man. Just straight point to the point. He's a baller. He's the most dynamic player in the Maple League right now. I think him him being like just last thing I'm gonna say is he's not. I mean, I feel like we're being limiting by saying that he can help on offense and defense. He's also the best returner in the league right now. Like mm-hmm. he's he's controlling the field by both catching touchdowns on offense and only four a game, but only four catch four catches a game, but two of them are, two or three of them are gonna be touchdowns. But then on on the kickoff return, his team gives up a lot of points, but he evens it out by putting them in position to score again. I mean, it, like, that's just really hard to say that one player can can have that kind of impact on the game, and he is. But moving to the the last guy on our list, we we topped it out at five because obviously we could probably do eight or nine. I think I think there's a couple of guys who are on the edge, but the fifth guy on the list is William Young. William Young represents a very unique type of player, okay? We we already named two running backs on the list. We already named a quarterback and a receiver slash defensive back slash guy. William Young is a running back. That's his position on the Wolverines team. He plays running back. What he does that almost no one else does is he has to make more out of everything he does as a running back on a team full of Let's just say it, imports, a team full of imports. He's the only person playing on a team. Like, there's so many options for the Wolverines. I mean, R.J. Long has over 1,000 yards receiving. You you had Charles Ward, and you had um, Cedric Johnson on offense. And you also got Rojo, who loves to spread the ball out. I mean, rumor is once everybody scores a touchdown, he tries to make sure that everybody gets two. He's so you know, equal with giving out the ball, which means it's hard to get yours. It just, it really is on a team full of talented players. Oh, don't let me forget to talk about uh, Marcus Siskinen. That's my boy. He's he's also a dynamic receiver out there, finish guy holding his own. But William Young, what he does for the Wolverines, I think no one else in the league does. He's the spark for that team. When that, when that offense needs something to happen, if they're in a situation where they're not doing well, like they start slow sometimes, 
what happens? William Young breaks off a long run. William Young catches a pass, and we don't know how he caught a pass or why he was even running a route. He does something to create for that team and get the rest of those guys started. And even on a team that has so much talent and potential, it has to start. And William Young is that start. I mean, right now, when it comes to like rushing, I'm going back to the stats now. He has over 1,000 yards rushing, but what sets him apart is he's averaging seven yards a carry. He gets the ball, and he has to get his yards. And I'll say this again, too. That offensive line is horrible for them. They fixed the left side, but they didn't do shit about the right side. So he's still got to work hard for his yards. He's been doing that all year. And what he does is he makes big plays. When they run the ball, they get yardage, even though that's not their the root of their offense. And he also scores touchdowns. He's number two in the league. Yeah. He's number two in the league in touchdowns, in rushing touchdowns, with 16 of them. But he also has five receiving touchdowns, almost 2,000 all-purpose yards, and he does a little bit of returning. 22 total TDs. Yeah, that's what it is. He does everything they need him to do without being the focus. Like, we named someone like Christian Powell earlier that he has to be the focus for the Crocodiles. William Young is not the focus for this team, but he is the spark. And his numbers prove it and his play proves it throughout the season that if he's going, the team will go. If he's not going, the team probably won't go. And even when the team don't go, he usually ends up figuring out a way to get going. Even in their losses, he's been the consistent player that has shown up and made big plays every game this season. That's why he is mm-hmm. definitely an MVP candidate. That's yeah, you, you said every you said everything possibly that even that I was thinking. Um, I was sorry, about I didn't mean it. to go over, but I did. Sorry. Oh, it's all it's it's all good. You 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 explained some of the stuff that I was gonna say too. So I'll just say he's obviously the most dynamic player on the Wolverines, the most consistent player on the Wolverines offense. Yeah, the consistency. He is he he is consistent. Um the sucky thing is he just on a team full of imports. Like yeah. you, we don't know we don't know his impact as far as what it could be if he if if they if they weren't so loaded, his maybe his stats would be doubled. Uh maybe they wouldn't be as good. I I think they still would be as good because he's a good player. Like it, it's 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 bad that it's a lot of football being played. A lot of running backs are playing great this year. Mm-hmm. And I think he is up there. He's up there, obviously, with those guys. But it's like from week to week, it's always a running back that's showing out and showing up. And um, from week to week, he's one of those. And he's definitely a top player in the league. Like, you can't take that away from him. Um, going into – I think he's going to be a very big, important part of their playoff chances in these next few games um, and how he plays in the playoffs. They have to get him going early. He has to break those big runs, and then the Wolverines get that, you know, they get that momentum going when he's going. So uh, he's very important to that team. So as long as he stay healthy these next few games, I think it that, that, that looks promising for the Wolverines, though. Yeah, I think it would be great if they could you actually have him be the focus of their offense. I think it would open up their pass game, but they do it kind of the opposite way. So it is what it is. But like you said, if he was on a different team, he probably would – be an even bigger choice for being MVP, you know, be more of a regular name for everybody than just us who are like watching everybody so closely. 
We said Dayton Wynn, Muriel Cadmary, Christian Powell, Alpha Jallo, William Young. I think those five guys are definitely in the mix. Uh, I don't know who the SAJL is going to pick. Um, AFF, we might do an MVP this year. I haven't really decided. We might let the fans pick. What do you think, Q? Let the fans pick it? Uh, I think we should pick it. <laughs> fans well, tend to have biases yeah. voting especially okay. when most of the fans are from Finland <laughs> yeah true that Miro In the gets voting a runaway <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I, I just think it'd be kind of unfair so All right, I, well, I think we won't be biased to who we pick either so alright we'll, we'll leave it at these five for now and I guess we'll come up with something at the end of the season and let everybody know who we, who we chose cheers to the freaking weekend Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Roosters versus Royals. Then you got the Steelers host the Butchers on Friday and the Crocodiles and the Wolverines play on Saturday. Later today, our panel of football experts will pick winners for this week's games. Those picks can be found on the Podium Facebook page, the Perfect Purpose Facebook page. And right now, Tuomas Hekkinen is winning. He is 24-9. Finland Swami is in second at 23-10. and Perfect Purpose is in third at 22 and 11, and holding up the rear right now is Coach Q at 21 and 12. It's pretty much like <laughs> one game separating everybody. Like, it's so close, and it's ridiculous how close it is. And still, like, even get going 21 and 12 for Q at, as technically the worst, that's still really good because these games are really hard to pick from week to week because these teams have been changing throughout the year. I mean, the mm-hmm. most consi- there hasn't really been a consistent. I'm sorry because even though the Roosters have been on a winning streak since the first loss, there's been weeks where we didn't think they were going to win. There's been multiple weeks yeah. where some of us picked against them or some of us picked with them. Like, just there's been no constant like, oh, we all know that they're going to win this many weeks. There hasn't been that many games, even with the Saints not having a lot of wins. I mean, those might be the only games where we picked them. everybody picked <laughs> against them. But early in the season, we didn't. But that's before they had their situations. But uh, with this weekend coming up, what are you excited for with these games, man? What what What's the game of the week for you, matter of fact? What's the game of the week? Let's do uh, the game of the week. I think the game of the week, ooh, this is a hard one right here. This is really a hard one because, oh, man. You know, obviously, I'm, I, I picked the Wolverines to go all the way. And, um. But I know the Steelers and Butchers game might be pretty interesting too. It's a Friday night game. Um, it's in uh, Corpio. Oh yeah. Uh, it, that that could that could you know that could be it. But but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real. I'm I'm looking forward to this Crocodiles and Wolverines game. Honestly, uh, see how the Wolverines bounce back after this loss. Um, to see if the Crocs are take advantage of this two game winning streak that they own. To see if you know they they feeling confident. Um, the Wolverines have to play. In Crockland. <laughs> yeah, that's they tough. They have to play in Crockland. It's on so, Saturday, so. If any, uh. Yeah, if anybody knows what that trip is like, uh, it, it's questionable if, you know, like, sometimes you got players that don't show up to that game or don't go to that game because of the trip. Um, it's a long way to go. But I think the Wolverines do know how important it is to, to, to get on the winning, the winning side going into the playoffs. So, and this is their last game. So, they can't afford to tank it. You know what I mean? You don't want to go into the playoffs with a loss like nobody does unless you're the number one team and you just sat guys. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah, one thing, yeah. bro. 
in their in their case, they can't afford to go into the playoffs uh, with a loss. So I think that's going to be the most important game. That's the game I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna do double dosage. Like the the game I'm looking forward to watching is Crocs versus Wolverines. It's uh, American imports versus European imports. Like part two. Like I'm excited to see that. Last time they played, Crocodiles opened up a touchdown on the on the opening kickoff on their ass. I mean, things settled down later, but early on in that game, Crocodiles had them scared, you know. And I, I like that they have that aspect to them. I think the Crocodiles are a little bit better of a overall team, if that makes sense. Like team chemistry, I think mm-hmm. the Crocodiles' chemistry is a little bit better than what the Wolverines have. But I do believe the Wolverines have more talent. Not not to cut in, but I just thought of something. Go ahead. The way that the the way that the Wolverines have been playing the run, uh, if I was the Crocs, I'd be pretty confident right now. Yeah. Um, going into this game because I'm leaning on. Uh, if we lose, we losing with Christian Powell having 40 carries. Mm. And and I'm and I'm and it it won't surprise me if he gets 40 carries. Honestly, they're gonna slow. It, this this is the only way to to have a chance in this game for them. They can't get into the, the rhythm of trying to throw with the Wolverines because, I, I, I mean, not, not nothing against John Baker or anything, but I don't think their offense is based for that, like to actually try to throw with, with another team. So I think if Christian Powell controls the clock, if their offense can control the clock and keep Rojo off the field, they have a better chance. But the way that the Wolverines have been playing the run game uh, the last few games is just, it's just not super promising. And, and the Crocs, I know they're like, Coach, we want to run the ball, and they got a smart coach. So this this game is going to be important. Saturday is going to be an important day. Yeah, I think I think just I mean because since you said that now you got it in my mind this specific matchup, it the crocodiles have to stick to that game plan. I think I know you're at home. Usually, if you're at home, coin toss, you want to defend, make the visitors you know score first. I wouldn't do that against Wolverines. If I was the crocodiles, I'd say, hey, we want the ball, and we want to take six, seven minutes off the clock in the first drive. Ram it down their throat. Let them know that we're controlling the game. And then hope for the best with your defense because the Wolverines probably going to score quickly. But even so, <laughs> drive it. You got to still, like, even if the Wolverines score first, don't get pressured. And I think that's what they got into trouble last time was they didn't score when they needed to. And then they got behind. They kept giving the Wolverines chances, and they got behind. And then it was like, well, now we have to pass. The Crocodiles get into that situation. Like you said, they can't. you can't throw with the Wolverines like that. It's not going to work. But if they can, you know, even if they're down by a touchdown to still commit to the run game and keep, I think, for the Crocodiles, keep their defense off the field, I don't think they can match up. I, I don't think they can match up with the Wolverines' offense. And they don't, I wouldn't want them problems. Force force the Wolverines offense to be urgent and want to score. Force them into mistakes that way over saying, well, we're just going to go run and shoot with you because they that's not going to work for them. Uh, I was yeah. Also, with the Steelers-Butchers game, I think it's all in line for the Butchers. I'm excited to see what they do. I expect Dayton Wynn to be doing some weird stuff or be put in some different positions. I expect the offense to explode. The offense coordinator down there, Damn it, I think it's Kyle Buchanan. Buchanan is his name. He's very imaginative and creative with his offense if he has to be, and I think he's going to be for this game. 
And I think the Steelers, their their team is a team that's a trap game is good for them. They're a team that you can mm-hmm. catch in a trap game because they have their ups and downs. And if the Butchers catch them during a down, it could be like the last time. So I think all the games this weekend are going to be good. I mean, I think for the rest of the season, all the games are going to be good. <laughs> I'm glad to be here this year. I'm ready. I'm ready for this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're, they're all this weekend. The next two weeks is going to be nice, and I'm glad none of the games are in Helsinki because I ain't going to none of them. I'll be watching on Route Two, guys. <laughs> That's it for us on AFF this week. I think we went super long on this show, but that's all right. Uh, Q, any last words before we get out of here? Hey, let's just let's go into this last part of this this, this playoff run with some excitement, with some firepower. I hope everybody stay healthy. Whew, it's, it's about to get interesting, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it is. <laughs> all right, so we hope everybody enjoyed the show and will support us by subscribing or following AFF on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, or Podbean. Whichever platform you use to listen, just show us some love. And never forget... T-I-F. American Football in Finland.